0: hey everybody it's ken pooch van Druten, and chris raybolt here we Let's are go guys uh we're we've been uh, kind of branding this thing now as the Pooch and Raybould show, which I think sounds like a uh cartoon <laughs> but uh <laughs> we're not sure we're not sure what to brand it. um maybe if we're you guys yeah, you know if you guys uh come up with some some ideas uh flow tomorrow away. We're open to uh whatever. but um anyway, we're having a lot of fun doing it. um we're getting a lot of great feedback uh you guys particularly liked uh the pa one and we got a great one coming out um tomorrow actually by the time you see this video it will already been out um talking about uh relationships with system engineers so um that was a lot of fun when we we were talking about that but um let's see um how are you doing chris you all right i'm okay man it's uh i mean it's pretty we're we're
1: stuck in what we're stuck in but uh, it is a beautiful time of year. I'm sitting here staring at these gigantic windows. Beautiful day. So, I mean, yeah. things are all
0: right. This is fun. You know, it's funny. I flip back and forth between like um man this is a blessing i get to sit at home and enjoy my time and you know all this kind of stuff and right um and and, and then the the flip side of it is you know well hey we're not making any money and sure would be like, like to be touring right now um i know but um i'm trying to use the time i'm trying to be positive about it and um you know doing this thing it really keeps it uh a lot of fun for me so um, yeah i'm having Same. a good time so Same. um Let's see. Um, today I thought that we might talk about, um, guitars, uh, and specifically what happens when you have three guitars, <laughs>
1: yeah, which is a conversation we've had with one another on multiple occasions.
0: Yeah. Because I don't know, uh, you know, all you guys out there, if you end up in with a band that has three guitar players, um, it is. It becomes infinitely harder uh, Mm -hmm. to deal with three guitar players that are all in the same frequency range um, than just two guitar players. And the reason is, is a lot of times I place guitar players in the stereo spectrum kind of where they are on stage. If one's on stage right or stage left, you know, I kind of place them in stereo spectrum wise there and they share. They don't have to share frequency and stereo spectrum space. They're apart from each other. They're defined. Um, you you can you know sit in front of the speakers and you look at it and you say, okay, that dude's at ten o'clock and he's not sharing frequency space with the with the other guy that's at two o'clock, per se. As mm-hmm. soon as you add a third guitar player or um, even a keyboard that has the same kind of frequency range or playback that has the same kind of frequency range, then it gets dicey, right? It's like where does all of that stuff Um, get to share and from my perspective um, uh, and certainly Chris I want you to speak on all of this but um, I'm just talking about the initial part of this I always when I'm mixing I think about in my head I'm thinking about constantly nothing gets to share the same frequency space in the same part of my stereo spectrum Mm -hmm. whether that's depth or whether that's left to right Mm-hmm. nothing that is in the same stereo spectrum kind of gets to share space. So for instance, if there's a guitar player that I'm placing at two o'clock in my stereo spectrum, I do everything I can to take everything else that has that same kind of frequency spectrum away from two o'clock. Mm-hmm. There's information at one thirty and at two thirty, mm-hmm. but not defined two o'clock that guitar gets that space and that space only and that's kind of my thought process in all of my stereo spectrum as to what where stuff shares so um tell me what's your philosophy like how do you think of that before we get into how do you make three guitar players work like what's your thought process of how that goes yeah
1: um man this is this is a good one and definitely near and dear to my heart because i the first word that came up with uh, that I've thought of is I struggle with it. Um, You know, I mean, just to be honest, everyone uh, does. Yeah, everyone does making space two guitars is one thing. One guitar. Oftentimes you're trying to figure out how do I make it big enough? You know, two is manageable. Three. That's that's tough. Uh, I, too. Try to give everyone their own place in the stereo spectrum. Now, that being said, we do live sound. And you got to be careful, or you have to commit to I'm okay with this, uh, with how wide you go. Uh, Not to before I we get too much of the nuts and bolts of how and why. But because as you know, in a, I'm staring at a pair of near field speakers over here, they are a few feet apart. You know, a lot of times what's to my left what's to my right is one thing in a normal listening environment you put it in a concert setting and it's no that sounds coming from over there that sounds coming from over there like it's it's a really and as everyone knows it goes without saying but everyone's not you know your listening audience is not always in the ideal spot so you got to be careful when you're placing things where to put them um but i too have that same mindset something that plagues me to a degree is there was a period of time where I got away with two guitar players from doing and I know you've done this too because we talked about it and we've all done it but doing a lot of faux stereo stuff you know a lot of Haas effect kind of stuff and for whatever reason this particular act that I work with I had a lot of success with doing generally doing both of them that way one guy was delayed on one side and more and one was delayed on the other side when it created this thing and they could live together and move together and it just wasn't a thing uh but once you add in that third (laughs) it's just all bets are off you know what i mean um so yeah it's 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 a game of placement the hardest thing for me is what to do with the third right you know it's the middle guy because so let,
0: let's do going, a little yeah. housekeeping in what you you were just talking about just to make sure that people are understanding what you're talking about um because you <laughs> threw out a bunch of information there so first <laughs> off we you and i both and an engineer front house engineers in general think about the process of Hey, if I play something far in my stereo spectrum, then something you know this guy that's over here isn't going to hear that. And the way that most of us get around that, just so you know, is certainly when you're selling like 270 um, arenas, is to flip the left and the right of the of the side hangs so that the stereo spectrum is what it is in front of you. But as you walk around the corner of it, it's flipped now. Mm -hmm. So it's a mirror image of what's happening. And so the people that are way extreme aren't losing that something that you're placing pretty far. So I just want to point that out. That's kind of how we get away with this. And really, um, I think less about hard panning something than I used to. I'm like, if I want to put something all the way at four o'clock, I'm like, it's okay. That person's still going to get it from the swap of the hangs. So there's that, um, and then the the other thing that you were talking about that that I think we need to point out is the Haas effect thing, which is um, something that I've talked about online a bunch, and and I know Chris has too. Um, placing a guitar and then making a phantom image of that guitar opposite of where it is. And usually by by doing that with a really short delay um, with no feedback, um, I'm talking like, you know, 13 milliseconds, 16 millisecond image of that. And what it does is it creates kind of a phasey smear across the stereo spectrum of um, that guitar. And it makes the guitar super wide, has this thing called Haas effect. And, and that is traditionally with two guitar players, to make guitars be huge, you would create you know one guitar over here on the on at five o'clock, and then the other guitar over here you know um, at nine o'clock or eight o'clock, and the phantom images of them share kind of the same space from either side of them. So that's what Chris was talking about. Now, where do you put the third one? So how do you right. deal with that? What do you do with the third guitar? Well, I have.
1: It's funny once the third gets in there for whatever reason one thing too that the you know the listeners or viewers need to keep in mind too is when that image that is now delayed within that 20 millisecond window as it sums to mono it will sound phasey it will sound weird so just as a, a brief aside be mindful if you've got you know front fills that are that are monoed or delays or, or something else is that and i and i check it like when i and it's funny i think you said 13 milliseconds so many times closing my eyes i find myself go to 14 and 9 <laughs> and then i'll do the same thing where i'll del- i'll sum them mono and listen and be like okay what's the least screwed up version of this Uh, and it's often in that same range so um but uh just something to something to mention for some reason yeah once that third one though comes in play once you've got three things all kind of doing the same and guitars are just so big in nature and so cantankerous (laughs) you know just uh you just need to more closely define what's what. So I and I will over the course of a tour with a three guitar band, I will try a million different things. I'll try to go back to the big faux stereo. I'll try to go some other sort of fake stereo thing. But what I tend to do now And here in a second, we'll talk about how I do the panning. Is uh, I typically have, and I'll go wide. I'm glad you said the thing about the the reverse image. Yeah. Because in the Instagram age, um, when everyone's checking videos, you know, I can uh, I can look at a video, and a lot of times it's, it's 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 okay. Someone off to the far side that I worry is not getting the other guitar because of that is. Yeah. So I just go not full not a left right center kind of thing but i go pretty pretty wide um there seems to be there's a a numerical value of in the low 70s i seem to hit all the time it's so weird on all platforms pro tools digico any number of consoles uh or or, or mixing platforms i tend to like to go pretty wide so i've got this guy over here yeah this guy over again not hard pan that just sounds really whack live, it really does at least in my experience so one guy over here one guy over here the dude in the middle again the third guy that's the pain in the ass and because you've in the middle is of course as we know kick snare vocal bass that's so critical and when that low mid gets really gnarly in there it screws everything up so usually what i do is i just leave them there and that's the guy that i'm I might duck him when I need to, only when it's appropriate within the mix. Uh, I will also commit to these guys being panned. And then with this guy, I will try to do some faux stereo stuff, whether it's via a plugin or I've got some old analog gear that'll do it. That kind of creates that comb filter thing where there's essentially different frequencies on different sides. Like I'll try to do that just to save the middle. Uh, but that's it. So it's usually just somebody over here, somebody here, somebody here. But this guy I will struggle with the most. To Absolutely. Figure out what, what did you
0: find that to be the same? Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, for instance, Iron Man. Three, three guitar players. And by the way, fans are of Iron Maiden are super rabid about the band, but they're also super rabid about band members. Like literally they will come to a show and they are like, I am a Yannick guy. I'm a Davey guy. I'm an Adrian guy. And, um, And so because of that, specifically with Iron Maiden, like I'm telling you, each guitar player has to be super defined and you have to be able to pick them out in the mix. And when they do solos, they have to be equally as loud. You know, I mean, it's like, it's super important for the fan experience, right? So it's a struggle, right? To try to make those three guys. Um, For me with Iron Maiden, um, I have, d- uh, this is what I've done. I've placed kind of where they are on stage, where they hang out the most is where they are in the stereo spectrum. Okay. So there's it, with with Ironman, there's kind of two guys that that hang out on stage, right? And then one guy that is stage left. So the two guys that are on stage, right? The farthest one, Davey, you know, I put him pretty wide um you know he's probably nine o'clock or eight thirty even um Mm -hmm. and when he solos i don't bring him to the center or anything man he lives there that's his space Mm -hmm. um he gets you know volume turned up but there you know he's when he solo, your whole mix shifts you know what i mean because he's right here um and then adrian is the is my middle guy all right now i don't leave him dead center i like reserve the dead center for all the other things you kick it off just a little i do so i, I should have mentioned that i'm at like three with yeah. that guy you know so so i literally take adrian put him at 11 o'clock mm-hmm. so i've got a guy at 8 30 11 mm-hmm. now he's the guy the middle guy is the guy that i make a phantom image of at one o'clock yeah, so now okay. there's an 11 and a one of him yep right yep. but nothing in the center he's smeared across the center but he's not defined in the center he's 11 and one o'clock mm-hmm. um and then obviously the other guys uh, yannick is um you know all the way over here uh into 4 5 o'clock um and that i struggled man i you know the first year that i worked for those guys i t- played with that like tried to figure out you know, I had, um, when I started, I kind of was making phantom images of all of them. You know what I mean? Like all three I guys. remember
1: when you got, when you started the gig, I, when, when we started this discussion, I remember sitting in a hotel talking to you and I was doing three guitars at the time. And I was like, what are you doing? And at that time you were doing that. And then yeah. when we talked about the end of the
0: tour, Yep. it's what you're telling me it's now. what I ended it up made with. me
1: feel good because yeah. that's exactly where I was yeah, and yeah 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 end
0: up all the time I I mean you know listen there's no right way or wrong way of doing things you know people um that are tuning into this you might have your own way that works and that's cool man I mean whatever um I'm just, we're kind of sharing what we do. And I think we're both similar mixers in, in how we operate and, and uh, this is what we do. So anyway, that's, that's how I ended up making that work. Um, but it's still the middle guy is always a struggle, right? He's always the guy to try to get over the top of, you know, bass guitar, snare drum, kick drum, vocal is mm-hmm. all in that space, man. It's all right there. And so, and, because it, because when you push as you know when you
1: push someone out to the edges they become very defined that yeah. becomes because there's they're probably in a space somewhat of their own yes. that guy in the middle can just be a contributor to noise uh, or, or or or, or he he's more he or she is more susceptible to just falling in the muck you know and, yeah and i've done that 11 i actually clarify something when i said three a minute ago i mean literally the because we were talking about o'clock when i said three i meant like literally if the pan is zero no like,
0: no no no. yeah like yeah. just off of yeah so three cents not three yeah. o'clock yeah, yeah, yeah. right
1: and uh, but I, I do that same thing where i'll do the i'll do this So essentially, the guys are here, and then I want him here. But as you know, without truly double-tracked guitars, which is the coolest sound in the world, god, that's great. Um, Without truly double-tracked guitars, even unless you're doing some faux stereo thing, they still cut uh, the same cabinet mic'd, panned, still creates a mono image. So no matter how much we're moving it,
0: it it still kind of ends up in the middle. Totally. Totally. So let's talk about both you and I, um, you know, we've been talking about, you know, bands that are, uh, in your case, a country act, right. And in my case, uh, a heavy metal act that are guitar focused bands. Mm -hmm. What about when we start talking about the 120 inputs of. Justin Bieber or or 120 inputs of Bruno Mars um or Alicia Keys like where play I guess the the question is playback and guitar like where what does your thought process change when you start talking about okay
1: it does um
0: because it is uh, well
1: I don't know that those are busier mixes. They're certainly not, because I swear to God, three guitars in and of themselves is a busy mix. It is. Like, that is a full cluttered mix. And then you start adding keys and bass and everything else, and um, it gets to be a lot. Yeah, I, now one thing, and I'm glad you said it a minute ago, I, I do the same thing. Wherever those guys are in the mix, that's where they are. I've experimented with changing the panning per snapshot uh have you ever done any of that i haven't
0: that's panning for me is always safe i don't know why me
1: too i never i I never it's always safe same for me on every single input but i did it for that reason if there was one song where it's primarily one guy soloing i wanted him in the center but as you know when you're sitting in a big noisy rough environment i'm listening like specifically with targets like over there is that over there is in this. And once I start moving them, it would, th-
0: it, th- it would throw me off. Does that make sense? A hundred percent, dude, I spend hours. It's one of the most important things to me is placement and space for mm-hmm. specifics. And so mm-hmm. if you start changing that, um, uh, uh, to me, my mix starts to fall apart. Like yeah, if you start, it,
1: you know. It never worked for me. Yeah. Every time I've tried it, same here. It's just I'd be like, what? He's over there? That doesn't, <laughs> you know, it would change.
0: So but, when we get but, to other I mean it's an interesting idea. It's just not something that I think about. Um mm-hmm. but um I think if you spent enough time where maybe you had a, a snapshot where, you know, the guitar solo snapped him to the center, let's say, exactly. and something else replaced that space. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because that's the you problem would, for me. Like, I, I, that he shares only that space. I don't want yeah. to make a hole there in my mix. So yes. maybe if I moved a keyboard there or something, I could make that happen. That's interesting. Would, I might I, try that. I, I was I would trade the
1: guys with one another. Oh, that's interesting. I and and I thought too, you could do it via macros. Where, but oh my god, it would get so convoluted. You know what I mean? <laughs> Whereas when I hit this macro, this guy uh, moves to the center. Of this. It would just it would get. You could do it with events on certain. There's different ways to do it, but and and I have just real time, old school, just panned guys to the middle on occasion. But, sure. um Anyway, but with your question as far as some of these other acts. Like uh, with Bruno, there's primarily just one guitar player until Bruno plays, so he's usually in the center, and he's either. And we'll talk about summing mics in the middle in a minute. Uh, he's usually two mics blended, kind of pan- kind of right at the middle or just slightly off. But then when Bruno comes into play, he gets further off, and then Bruno. But there, Bruno's the principal. He's I don't want him too far off in this case. No. I don't mind band members here and there. Totally. But
0: I so then when the, it, when the marquee says Bruno Mars it doesn't say Bruno Mars and band. It says right. Bruno Mars. So, so
1: he yeah. he needs to be there. So I um it does change. It changes drastically. If I've got one guy, then it comes into how do I make space for it, but also how do I make my now one guitar really matter? When yeah. I may have just been used to having several for a while. So That's It true. definitely it changes. It changes for sure, uh, you know, per act.
0: Yeah. Um, Do you find this is maybe going down a rabbit hole, but that's what we do. Let's do it. Um, (laughs) Do you, which do you prefer? An act that lets you mix live band over playback or playback over live band?
1: I can honestly say, God help me. (laughs) I have found a way. I couldn't do, I have found a way, even if it seems like there's a lot of, I have found a way to always mix band. Me too. A little bit louder. I know you have, because neither of us could do it and feel like we were doing anything if I was mixing karaoke. You know what I mean? I just, I can't, my soul couldn't take it. Um, But there's an art, and that's a whole, we should do a band and tracks, one of these. Um, Yeah there, there's an art to it. Yes. Uh, so, I mean, d- but the, the more, the further along I go in all of this and particularly with where tracks are played, first of all, uh, I, you know, I've come to realize the importance of having a seat at the table, which is a phrase I'll use a lot, but as far as how the tracks are laid out and how it's done, and if you can develop a relationship with whomever the MD or the, whoever it might be, then you can really get in there and you can help. Y- you know what I mean? It's absolutely. Otherwise, you're just going to be fed whatever, however, and it's, it's not going to be, it's nothing you can really, it's, it's nothing you can overcome. You can't overcome flaming. You can't overcome too much. You can't overcome those things. Yeah. So, this
0: is uh, this discussion. I mean, this is a deep rabbit hole and we should definitely have a video we'll just about this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because we go down this hole of like, I think both you and I have been successful with track acts. Um, a track meaning that there's playback and a live band because mm-hmm. we take the time in rehearsals to do make the right stems to remove yeah. the right things really mm-hmm. it's about removal right like because totally. a, a musical director will show up with like everything basically the record as the right. playback and then say okay we're gonna pl- do this and then have the band play over it and that just doesn't work so mm-hmm. um, the the real, part about this rabbit hole is the communication that has to happen between you and the md about hey can we take that part out um mm-hmm. and actually just real quick the the you and i both know the best mds that we've worked with are the guys that do that already they're yeah, they the already guys, know. they are the guys that point to a guitar player and say dude you need to lay out right there because the playback is already doing something Right. Mm-hmm. Or vice versa. They'll say, I want you to play right there, but I need to fix the stem and remove something. Right. Right. And those are the best playback guy. I mean, are the best MDs. Um, for sure. And so like in rehearsals, we'll talk about this, but in rehearsals, I mean, that's literally 98% of my job for for a playback and a band kind of band is going back and forth with the playback guy and saying hey take that out put this in there talking to the md hey what can we do about that Mm -hmm. anyway we'll talk about all that boy that was a deep
1: that's a deep yeah 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 yeah. that's a super important (laughs) one especially nowadays you know because playback's not like a niche thing anymore like it's it's common a lot of people have it so
0: it's an interesting discussion right because listen you and I, we've been doing these videos now and we've been talking about kind of technical things, you know, like, Hey, how do you do this? How do you make a guitar work? How do you do whatever? When really like 80% of our job is psychological. Like how do I get what I need out Mm -hmm. of somebody that maybe doesn't want to give me what I want? You know what I mean? As an engineer. And how do I get them to perceive that they're getting what they need out of me? That is a skill that should is really 80% of our job as before we even talk about like how to be a mixer. That is Mm -hmm. like, you know, the psychology of, um, you know, how to succeed is, is a whole other discussion. You know, I always say jokingly, I say, uh, the secret to my success is that I can walk into a room full of crazy people and assess mm. the situation, uh, and know right away, like what's going on. Like I know exactly what's going on with dude. that dude. Yes. Right. Right. All um, right. so speak to that a little bit. I mean, tell us a little bit, like, what are your skills that you developed over the years of like walking into a room full of crazy people and saying, okay, you know, how am I going to get what I need out of these people?
1: Right. Yeah. I think, and you're right. I mean, that's mission critical. That's sink or swim. That's as as important as it gets. I think for me, you know, it's different because I didn't, you know, I mixed. We all do. We come up with whoever we come up with. Unless you're like a sound company guy who works with like a million different bands and you like mix mono. Like I didn't. I came up like with bands. Right. You know? And so I was more in one genre. And then I find myself suddenly in all these different genres. And it's it's kind of like, how do I fit in to to this new world? How do I communicate with everyone? yet still be myself because i found i found this early on i mean you can't help it you know you learn we all learn from observing and i'd watch the way other people would work with one another or or this and that or i'd watch the way certain people in certain genres on average would act and there was a part of me where i'm like well do i need to do that and whenever i try to play someone else's game i fail because you have to like stay in character and that's, a, that's fucking exhausting. It is know? exhausting. But, totally. So I'm not going to – I mean, again, think about what we're talking about here. We're talking about Justin Bieber and Iron Maiden. What the fuck? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> or, 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 you know, for me nowadays, Kenny Chesney and Bruno yeah, like, right. have I nothing know. to do it with each other, yet I, know. I try to – play it right down the middle so I too and and the thing as far as like reading the room I do believe that takes time because you know as well as I do a lot of times when you walk into a new camp the super friendly guy that's like all in your face seemingly your bro is usually the one to watch out for yeah and then the you know it's like you, you just learn you know, you or you nowadays you walk in and everyone's sitting there with their laptop and Ableton, and it's like, oh, good, we're we're all mixers, <laughs> so everyone <laughs> glad we're all here together. You know, so you learn who to watch out for, who's going to uh, have the tips, or who's going to have that, or who really knows what the hell they're talking
0: about. You for know? sure, for sure, and there are um, all those guys, right? You, there and, are those guys, and identifying them is is what's important. You know, yeah, um, yeah. Now you now said. With- you said something, I'll just interrupt you real quick. You said something that I think that we should really hold on to, which is um, being yourself. Uh, I have found, and I know you know, you say this too, being honest with an artist will get you so much further than um, trying to, you know, dance around something. We're talking about somebody, like how many people are honest with Justin Bieber? Not a whole right. lot. Most people that surround that dude are like, yes, sir, I'll do whatever you want. Oh, no, um, you know, Starbucks was closed. That's why you didn't get your coffee, you know, which is complete bullshit. If you walk into that situation, you have a small interaction with them and you say, uh, you know, something that's completely honest. I've literally watched artists like look at me like like they're taken aback that I literally said something that was they know to be true. Mm-hmm. and they were expecting me not to right. say it um, and and I have kept my gig that way. So I think mm-hmm. it's important. I just wanted to point that out. But you said something really important right there. Be real. Be honest. Mm-hmm. So they, anyway. they
1: will notice. That they, no, 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 to your point, they will recognize that and I, I love what you said. They are taken aback. That's oftentimes their reaction because it's so foreign to them that yeah. they will not always <laughs> more times than not, they will recognize, Oh, wow. This person just told me the truth. Right. I don't get that a lot. Then, you know, then, but you have to be careful because you also don't want to be the person who's just the tell it <laughs> like it is guy who's just pushing yeah, buttons yeah, all yeah, the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. You Gun, know,
0: guns blazing, showing up in the room and being like, right. you suck and you suck and you right. suck. Yeah, you, know, yeah, that's, yeah. you can't do that. But I mean, no. I'm talking about when asked a specific question, Mm -hmm. Um, Like, for instance, if an artist says to me, you know, hey, the guitar solo in that bridge right there, like, does that even work? You know, Mm -hmm. I will give them my complete honest answer. When I'm asked a question that I know they are expecting a real honest answer. Absolutely. hundred percent honest.
1: And by doing so, again, go back to and there are multiple tables I'm talking about here that will assure you of a seat at the table. Yes. Because now your opinion is part of the process and will matter to the degree that it's realistically going to within that camp. Um, You know, while we're talking about dealing with people, even if it's not a a principal artist, a solo artist with a a backing band, since we're talking about guitars, guitar players, we mentioned working with drummers. A lot of times, you know, you'll really know what kind of guy or gal you're working with in conversations about them, about just their gear and their tone and what they're shooting for. And those can be some of the most rewarding relationships don't you agree with guitar players
0: 100 percent. yeah i mean like i have recently this is really strange i have recently run into uh guitar players that are excellent technical guitar players but like for some reason don't give a shit about their tone yeah like they um <laughs> And, and which is completely foreign to me, like I don't understand that at all, like I know I'm a musician, and so I was a guitar player, I still am, I play some, but um like I spent years in my room, you know, with my heavy metal circus posters on the wall, yeah, like shedding away, and part of that was developing a tone um and and so when the guitar player shows up, that is like, obviously he, j- you know, just bought a fractal and kind of plugged it in and is using the, the, uh, you know, the latest, yeah you know, whatever, <laughs> you know, preset tone in it. Um, I kind of, I look at him weird and I'm like, what is happening? Like this guy's a guitar player and he's good, but his tone is like, what? So yeah. the most rewarding is those guys that show up, um, you know, for instance, I did a Moore um, uh, Morissette thing, and the two guitar players in her band are so nerdy about their tones. Like, they have, you know, all of this, like, you know, oh, that's the 67 uh, Dirk Dirker that I uh, yeah. plug into the, uh, <laughs> you know, whatever, like, way above any of my knowledge. But what's so cool about that and what I appreciate about it is how nerdy they are about their tone. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we can share in that and because I'm nerdy about the overall picture, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that, those are the best relationships, you know, Yeah, um, that that's
1: I what I like doing the, uh, you know, the Kenny Chesney one's an interesting one for me. I do all these like pop acts now and the way I ended up there was there. Kenny's production manager lived in Vegas, came to see a lady Gaga show, in the uh, MGM, which that place can sound great in the right settings, you know, with the, the, uh, they put the carpet down and everything. And so it was a really good show. He came up and chatted me up when it was over and they needed someone. Next thing you know, I'm doing a country act, but I love doing that act because all of those guys are badasses and they're all, I mean, they're like doing set, you know, they're doing Nashville sessions. These guys they've got, they're just as they're purists. They know exactly what they want and it's so rewarding to do that. So, yeah, I think the
0: best case scenario is when you run into people that are so passionate about what they do because we are so passionate about what we do. Um, you know, the, the nerdiness of that is, is, uh, is pretty cool. You get to share a lot in that, the discussions. Um, so, um, is there anything else that you want to talk particularly about, uh, the three guitar thing? I do and I want
1: this is actually something I wanted to talk to you about before just with us um, and of course I knew we were going to do this one of these days there's here's just an interesting thing that maybe some of the, the viewers will maybe want to try if you I guess we should talk about I don't know how we're doing on time here we got uh, plenty of time okay so there's you know I often we and we spoke spoken another one about double micing sources or whatever make sure they're phase coherent we'll just kind of Just just make sure they're face coherent, period, bottom line. Um, And doing that, I will often take those. And in the past, I've experimented with one sounding mic over here and another sounding mic over here or EQing them similar or purposely different. But nowadays, I usually sum those mics together. Uh, Sometimes I use just one, but I'll sum them. I'll make that sum and then that sum is what's moved about in the stereo spectrum. Something I will do on occasion, which is an interesting experiment, is I will take, let's say I've got a 57 and this guy, a 4050, right? Yep. The, if, if it's the, the person that's usually panned this way, if you look at them soloed in the stereo bus, there's what it looks like is a lot over here and a little right here. Yep. So what I'll do is I'll take let's say the 57 pan it hard left. Then I'll take the other mic, the 4050, and I'll take it just a touch here and it's the same resulting visual on the meters. It's the same resulting placement sonically, but it is a different sound. It is indeed. and Right. And I'll do that. And then I'll flip it on the other side. So each player ends up with this little tiny bit of the stereo spectrum. That's all their own. Yes. You know what I'm talking about?
0: Like this. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that is a different sound when you do that. And I will have success with that from time to time too. More times than not though, just to keep it straight in my head, because if the, if the sound of the guitar as a whole, Again, we go back into busing. I've summed these into a bus. I can EQ the bus, but sometimes I'll get stuck going, well, which ones really do it's, I have more times than not, they're summed together and simply panned. Got it. Makes sense?
0: Absolutely. Um, You know, it's funny that you bring that up and I I didn't bring that up. So for me lately, kind of even in all situations, uh, it doesn't matter if it's a pop act or a rock act, um, I'm a super big proponent of speaker DI. So I love the Palmer PDI 09. Um, mm-hmm. And that becomes kind of the forward defined part of the guitar tone. Um, and then I'll use a large diaphragm microphone on top of that, usually a 4050 or. Um, You know, lately I've been using, you know, like even a 408 or, you know, something like that. That's a large diaphragm condenser microphone to get the lower oomph out of the speaker Mm -hmm. that you're not getting out of the DI. But what I forgot to mention in that is I do exactly what you're talking about with DI versus microphone. It's almost never together. It's almost Mm. always separated out. And even though if you soloed up the microphone by itself, there's a quite a bit of low pass going on. I'm getting rid of kind of all the sparkly bits of the guitar because that's coming from my DI. So now there's two different tones, two different guitar tones, definitely. One that's a DI and one that is a microphone, but they're not in the same space. They're kind of like this a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. And I do that almost exclusively, like I almost never don't, do that. Um, so, um, I get what you're talking about. We're taking the two sources, two microphones, putting them together, making kind of one tone out of it. But I have just found success wise in placement in my mixes. If I do that and make it super defined, I struggle. Like I, I need them to be apart from each other just a little bit, if that makes sense. It does. And it's interesting. I don't ever, it's, I guess I knew that
1: you use the Palmer a lot, but I never, I guess we've never talked about to what, you know, how and in what relationship to the mic. Um, I guess it's all about just being so, just being knowledgeable and knowing what your sources are. Yes. Like you mentioned, I'll look, like you say, you'll low pass the mic because you're getting, and that's having intimate knowledge of what your, what your tools are and, 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 how to use them and I'm that way like I don't haphazardly when I say when I was speaking of like panning the mics a certain way I'll think about well maybe I want the brighter or the edgier one to be the one here so when the solos come that's your shift your shift you know it's kind of knowing what you're looking for here lately I've been using the universal audio aux a ton a ton which is the whole uh you know ir thing the guys still get to use their head Um, and it's great because I hate ISO boxes. I've just, I've never found one that I really like, and this allows you to, they can still use a head. You don't have to put it in the ISO box, the cabinet itself. Um, and you get choices of all the different, a million different cabinets that you hopefully work with the player to choose. And then a, a slew of different microphones and man, I've gotten the best i'm not crazy about kempers i'm not crazy about fractals i have had success with them all of that technology has improved greatly but the ox has really changed things for me but when i use the ox it's on its
0: own it's so i don't i don't know anything about this unit it's a it's a hardware device or
1: yeah it's basically it's like a low it's a it's a load box that it's part of the part of this whole generation of all these like irs that are out there now there's a million of them but basically they just go right out of their head into this device uh, and it looks like a head and then you, there's a speaker out, they could go to a speaker if they want, but they don't need to, that's enough. Um, and from there it's had, and it's the simplest, most user-friendly bit of software. You just have a selection of cabinets and then you have a selection of microphones where you place the mic. You also have the option of a room, uh, which at first I was like, don't turn that on. And yeah. now I've kind of gotten to where we'll sneak some of that in, but it's the most realistic sounding fake speaker you know that i've ever used and it's again it's so easy to use there's a you could do it on an ipad or on your laptop um, but it just sounds phenomenal in fact i used it on one player who's one of the top session players in nashville but for years i had struggled with his tone and i'm like how can this be you know how can this be we tried multiple different uh iso boxes and it wasn't until we got him on the aux that I was like, oh, there it is. That's the greatest, that's amazing. So it's just something that I've started to use and uh, I I really, really dig it.
0: Cool, man, that sounds amazing. I'll have to check that out. What do you got going on there? You got a lawnmower or something happening? I
1: have. I was going to say, do we need to pause? That's <laughs> nah, all right. Whatever. All right. That's uh, cool. It's yeah, real. It's super
0: real. real. It's, it's super
1: real. 4.30 in the afternoon on a beautiful spring day. Somebody's <laughs> out there cutting the yard. I love so, it. Um, I was wondering when you were going to say something.
0: No, I, I'd been hearing it, but I was just like, I would let it go. Um, all right. So, uh, wow. Okay. So, so, this is... Um, uh, Kind of what like it's a guitar emulator thing. How do you convince a guy that's never used that to use that instead of a speaker?
1: well fortunately because they still get to use their head okay and that a lot of times you know the amp is near and dearer to their heart than the speaker cabinet so
0: So are you selling i mean like what are they hearing in the in their ears though they're hearing that emulator or they're hearing their well we need
1: it's it was brought to me from a player so there was no selling to be done you know what i mean so then now in in future versions of my use here I, it's usually a lot of conversation leading okay. up to it. A lot of conversation, yeah. And then it can really only be implemented. It, no, this is not true. It can best be implemented successfully if you do it at rehearsals. Yes, or where there's some lead time because you need to. You know how it is. If particularly if it's a person that really cares, if they're not on board. Oh, man. With your thinking, no matter what it is, on a vocal mic, on a guitar cabinet, on a overhead, no matter what it is, they're going to have this thing where they're going to be against it from the jump. And the second something goes wrong, it's going to be the easiest target that there is, Yeah, you know? That's absolutely So I'll get it. Like I had a guy who, he loves his rig. He loves his speaker cabinet. And actually, I do too. I just know that we're not getting everything we can because the box, the ISO box itself is just flawed. There's reflections. Yeah. There's all this weird shit in there. So we just spent a whole day. Again, that's having a luxury of doing this. He and I spent a whole day. we created one preset that was apples to apples. It was his cabinet his cabinet and the emulation sounded exactly the same. Right. Same mic, same everything. And then we created, then he started getting into it. Then we start creating, okay, well, let's do this. he's a big, he's a rocker. So I'm like, you know what, let's do back in black. That was a U (laughs) 67 in a room. And we made that. And he was like way into it, you know? So it's, it's touchy. Some people, you're just never going to sell on it as you know.
0: No, no absolutely. Absolutely. And you, you bring up a good point. I mean, even just a speaker DI, which, um, is, similar to what you're doing except that i don't have any chance of manipulating but it truly is the signal it's speaker Mm -hmm. level signal coming out of the head so whatever their preamp whatever their output is it's basically a speaker emulator um it truly is almost scary how accurate it is compared to a microphone like you can go back and forth and you can i mean someone like us or an engineer you can you be able to pick out which is the di which is the the microphone but in general your average kind of listener would have a tough time between a and and being them you know um and uh so but but when i use it it's absolutely a conversation in rehearsals like hey check it out i'm just showing you that i'm using this Device. I'm of course micing your cabinet. I'm using that tone. Whatever we're doing standing in front of this, that's truly what's coming out. I'm using the speaker DI to get more definition. And also in a situation with a very loud stage, which is a lot of the bands that I work with, it eliminates all the other stuff. Those are the conversations that I have with a guitar player. Never do I ever deceive a guitar player, you know, hide a a speaker DI in the back of their rig you know because that's exactly right as soon as something goes wrong or they hear something weird the first thing out of their mouth is going to be something's different and then the tech's going to say well he put this di in the back so it's probably you know Uh, (laughs) so um you know uh that that's an important thing that you said is that you know uh, Mm -hmm. definitely having a conversation with the guitar guitarist letting them know what you're doing um and selling
1: the consistency of it too that's that's a big one for me is like hey look and we talked about it in other videos you know we're both sticklers for mic position everything being the same thing every day but things can go wrong stands can droop things can get kicked if it is on stage if they're not but like things can go wrong and that's the one thing not that these devices can't fail but it is going to be barring failure the same sound every day
0: 100 you know? percent, and that that's super important for someone like you and me that are you know i want it the same every day you know yeah totally. um so cool man um yeah i mean you know listen to kind of sum all this up the the three guitars or three things that are in the same frequency range are difficult to deal with and you know when i'm thinking about a mix i I talked about this a little bit before it's sharing space in the left and right but it's also sharing space depth wise too which is maybe another conversation that we can have about um because i i think when i'm making a mix i don't think in 2d of of stereo i think in 3d i think Um, how how can i get a sound to share the same stereo space same frequency spectrum but be have depth to it Um, and there's a lot of tools to do that Um, you know reverbs cause depth and space Um, certain effects do that and so um, when you're talking about trying to find space for 120 inputs of stuff um you know there's there's not 120 points in your stereo spectrum right no. there's <laughs> right. there's <laughs> there is um you know space that has to be shared by instruments that share the same frequency spectrum um mm-hmm. so one of the hardest things is is the three guitar things and and hopefully we kind of addressed all of it is there anything else you want to say about it
1: you want to talk mics at all sure yeah, like where I know you're. I know you're going to be like me, and you've tried everything. But just like today, if you wrote a writer today, <laughs> let's say I'll give I'll give you three mics. Let's say oh, you wow. got three mics to choose from. What would be three mics? Pretend we, we're both going to use our extraneous sources, but as far as mics go, I know it's tough, right? I can tell you're thinking. I don't even know what I'm getting ready to say when it comes back around to me. I mean, I do. I know a couple. <laughs> no, I can think. Of, I, I know. I know the three that I'm going to say. What would you do today if you had to write one?
0: Uh I mean literally since the microphone came out the the 4050 has been my go to for large diaphragm condenser microphone on a guitar. That's like mm-hmm. um you you look back at the bands that I've done and you can look at my input list, you know, System of a Down, uh Kiss, um you know, uh Iron Maiden, um you know, all there's a there's 4050s in front of the guitars. That's like always my go to actually kind of later on i used to the 4047 which is the same diaphragm but it not switchable pattern it's it's a condenser um you know microphone as well the same it's the same condenser element it's just not switchable between patterns the patterns aren't switchable so that's 4047 i've been using that um man i'm a little old school kind of when you start talking about guitars in general and i am like for a rock guitar, a 57 and a 421 combined, like those two things together, is kind of unbeatable. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're looking for like poppier guitars, I've gone to ribbon microphones, I've used the Royer, you know, on stuff. Um, uh, I'm trying to think what else. Um, uh, you know, Telefunken makes a good condenser microphone. Um, but I mean, I think those are like my go-to. Like if I, if you were just asking me what was going to be on an input list for guitars, like the first things I would start with, the three of them would be 40, 50, 57 and 421. How about you? Got
1: you, got you. I would say 57 uh, is always going to be in play. I mentioned in another video, part of that too is I'm thinking about the person at the other end of the snake and it's just, Usually that's something that I know we can both agree on, you know what I mean? Um, But I put it on there because that is the sound of a guitar. I mean, that's the the sound of rock and roll or whatever, man. You know, you put a 57 on it. Um, But now that being said, for years, I didn't use it. Interesting. I just I was like because it, when I started getting into other microphones like like and again the forty fifty, I was the same way. when I put a large diaphragm condenser in front of a guitar, I was like, holy shit, this is a whole other ball game right. And because of that, actually for years, I would only use a forty fifty uh, on a lot of players. and uh, but then I started getting more of I kind of started going back to dynamics again. so fifty seven. Uh, for me, most times it's a 57. This is super generic these days, but there's a reason, and it's paired with a ribbon. I own a few different Royers, I've had some ats, some I've used a bunch of different at several different manufacturers, the, the SC one, um, some of the smaller boutique ones. Uh, but yeah, it's usually a 57 and a, and a Royer 121. I actually like the cheaper 101 as well, it's a little more mid forward sounds a little more like a dynamic uh the 122 is a good one i'll use those so it's usually a 57 a Royer, and then usually a 4050. uh to to your point and not all that i usually only have two mics but if i was going to do them or sometimes that second one will get swapped out you know yeah it'll go back and forth but uh as far as the 57 and the 421 i was mentioning talking this kind of classic tone rocker dude uh, into using the ox I, I i we we cooked up something that was the 57 and the 421 and i just named a million records that i knew he would like totally that i knew for a fact you know the 57 comes here the 421 goes over top and underneath and yeah. just creates this this monster sound so uh, but uh but yeah i mean i've tried them all i tried to go you know 409s and 414s and whatever flavor of the month came out but that's that's usually where I go. Fifty seven, Royer one twenty one, coupled with the preamp that's specific to ribbon mics. It's a whole other story, and uh, <laughs> and, and or forty fifty. So yeah. we'll leave it at that. Uh,
0: it's funny. I have a story specifically about uh, Royer ribbon and fifty seven. Um, But I'm trying to figure out how to tell this without telling who the band is and who Uh the person that did this. But um, I'll try to navigate this. Uh, So very, very well-known old school rock band been around for 40 years. Um, It's not Iron Maiden. It's somebody else. Um, (laughs) uh, That um, I show up, I get the gig. I show up um, the... producer who hadn't done all the records this was the first time that he was producing this band Um, and he had done the latest record that was going to be released well he shows up to rehearsals and basically I get the impression that maybe he's Getting paid by Royer um, Or I, I don't know He's a big Royer proponent Let's just say that maybe he isn't getting paid I'm not going to tell you who it is I ma- think you've told me this story before ma- Major I know who it is. producer Major <laughs> producer Shows up with a bunch of Royers And says to me this is what we did To make the record put it in front of the guitar He's going to love it mm-hmm. And I go okay And I'm like you know I wanted to go you know my normal go-to you know 57s and maybe a 421 you know whatever um definitely 57 because i know that yeah. this iconic guitar player's guitar tone is that right it's like a 57 um so i put the, <laughs> i put the Royers in front of the thing and um the very first day the, the guitar player shows up he walks into rehearsals And the first thing that he sees is Royer microphones in front of his cabinets and goes, what the hell is this? Like what, like literally he goes like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) And, and and what's awesome is the producer. I mean, I watched the producer run. I mean, he is like gone. He's That's like, a as major as, win for as, a front of house guy, soon, you know. As, as soon as as he says that, as soon as the iconic guitar player says, "What the fuck are those?" the, the, the producer goes later, and I'm kind of stuck holding the bag, right? Like, right. Um, you know, do he's you throw like, "Throw them under the bus or not?" Right? Yeah. Like, do you say, you know, well, he told me he told me to put them in front of there. I wanted to put, you know, um, right? I didn't do that. But it was, um, it was this weird moment, you know, where I had to come up there and be like, hey, I'm your new front of house guy. Nice to meet you. And, uh, (laughs) um, you know, we kind of, you know, we're, we're all talking with your producer and we were kind of deciding, you know, this, this is the, apparently the mics that you used in the studio. Is that not true? You know? And he was like, those aren't the mics we used in the studio. And I was like, Oh shit. Sorry. Yes, sir. uh, Yeah, sir. Yes, sir. And I said, um, well, great. Then let's swap them out for what I, you know, what should be. And he goes, You're going to put a 57 up there aren't you You know exactly and I went Yeah absolutely and so That interaction And that thing that happened To me um, Told me a lot about here's this huge iconic guitar player and his whole deal and that he even knew not his Mm. sound guy not his producer not his whatever he's like i know that my tone is a 57 right on the edge of the dust cone really close in there so much so he was the guy that took the grills off of his cabinet and he wanted that 57 like deep into into the speaker um yeah. and i gotta tell you as soon as we swapped them out i went that's it that's the guitar tone that's yeah. the deal you know um yeah and i didn't have to do anything to it besides high pass it up a little bit with the royer in that case and this is nothing against royer i'm not talking shit about him i'm just saying it was the wrong microphone for that iconic guitar player sound mm. i brought that up and had to do a bunch of eq to it because it wasn't it wasn't that but they are markedly different if if you're gonna
1: use a ribbon i'd say this to anyone who's not familiar with it just sees them mentioned all the time it's a you have it's a different beast altogether on how you handle it on how you it how it takes the eq slash might need it but just know that and where you place it it's it's a whole other ball game
0: speak to know? a little bit about that because i'm sure you just opened a pandora's box because everyone's going to ask well what do you mean chris rabel what do what i what do you have- right so yeah. try to make it quick i'll say this a lot of times
1: uh a lot of times the newer modern like royerish ribbons um are definitely brighter they don't quite sound like if you've ever heard like any of the sort of classic ones in the studios um it is uh, inherently brighter but they are oftentimes well first of all the transient response is much slower and they are both flatter than your typical dynamic mic uh they're flatter than that in response coupled with this slower transient response so what i'm basically telling you is they're darker Yes. They're darker, they're woolier, they're woofier. They also are sometimes, not always, some manufacturers make uh, provisions to correct the impedance, but they're often higher impedance than a regular, like a 57. So there can be this impedance mismatch, and that's why I've chosen to use... Some people say that's all bullshit. I can attest to it. I feel it's real. I use a, a preamp. It's this True Systems... P solo, blah, 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 ribbon. I don't even know if they make them anymore, but it's a very, very high input impedance. So it matches with the mic. So anyway, know what it does. And also, you know, if you have that thing moving anywhere outside the dust cone because it is darker or the dust cap out out to the edges of the cone, it's going to be too dark. It's going to be too woofy. So what I'll, what I I know, and then I'm going to shut up. I know if I'm using one, I want to get it in close. I also know to expect to put a shelf on it a lot of times. And, and, and it sucks because it's like, well, you shouldn't have to do that. And I'm like, I know, but I also feel they take EQ very well. So yeah. and I'm talking a shelf that begins at like 1.6. So it is high end. It is everything. I'm not talking 5K. I'm talking go down, lift it up, and then you might make a cut somewhere at 2.5 or, or something. At least that's been my experience. But to me... For a number of years, uh, I only use ribbons for a while, and they do sit more, they sit statically in a mix. A 57 or any of these other mics we're talking about kind of have a little more this.
0: Oh, man, a 57 has this EQ bump in the mid-range that lends to the frequency range of a guitar and kind of really makes guitars be aggressive. So Mm -hmm. if you're choosing a 57, you're choosing it because you want your guitar to be... To punch through your mix, whereas what you're talking about is capturing it with a um, a ribbon microphone um, that is maybe a, a bit more accurate about what the tone is, but doesn't have that kind of mid-rangey aggressiveness right. that a 57 has, and that's why you know a lot of times both of us um we'll use two different microphones because that's what we're looking for you're looking for the 57 aggressive you're looking for the overall capture of the ribbon you know those are why you may, would make decisions to use two different microphones mm-hmm. for sure so anyway um i think we've covered the gamut of guitars at least i mean listen we could be here for hours talking about guitars but um uh, we talked a lot about you know uh, the different microphones that we use for guitars, how to make three guitars work in your mix. Um, you know, all those kind of things and, um, hope that helps you guys. Um, you know, guitars are a tough part of, uh, a, a tough part of anyone's mix, you know, to make them work. It doesn't matter if it's a pop act or a rock act or a country act. Um, they are a, a difficult instrument to make work. So hopefully you got, um, some things out of it. Um, so I think that's it for today. Uh, have a great day and, um, we'll see you on the next one. See you everybody.